This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, pet lovers, pet friends, pets that are listening. My guest today just blows my mind. You know her because you've seen her on television and the big screen. She's an award-winning actress and producer. She's also a huge animal activist, philanthropist, an artist, an entrepreneur, and certainly not last but least, wife and mom. And I cannot wait to introduce you to her. We're going to take a short break and be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I am so proud and honored and just in awe for all she does for the animals to welcome to the show, Katherine Heigl. Welcome, Katherine. Hello. Thank you so much for that beautiful intro and for having me. Oh, thank you so much for coming on Best Bets for Pets. So I want people to get to know a little bit about you. We're going to talk about your latest entrepreneurial pet project (laughs) without giving too much away. But before we talk about, I'll give everybody a hint. It's Badlands Ranch and it's a premium yummy, yummy dog food. And it's unlike anything you've ever heard of before. But let's talk about what you have in your house as far as pups, because I saw on Instagram, you have a couple little ones, you have some fosters. So how many pups do you have in the house now? Well, (laughs) right now I have nine dogs. Only nine? Only nine. That's not that bad, right? I live on a big property up in Utah. So I don't think this would be feasible. You know, when I used to live in Los Angeles, that wasn't really, (laughs) I couldn't have had nine dogs in my tiny backyard. But this, I'm very grateful to have the space to be able to do this. And right, yeah, right now we're fostering these these really beautiful Rottweiler puppies who were just dumped at the shelter because they were sick. And typically the shelters just immediately euthanized because they just don't have the resources to pay all those medical bills. So our foundation pulled them and brought them up to Utah. And um, we were just fostering them at our ranch, which is about 10 minutes from where I live. And I just said, no, they need to come home with me. (laughs) So (laughs) I have a very forgiving husband. (laughs) They're so cute. And I have to say, crack me up. And the place I spend the most time on social media is Instagram. Because, you know, those pictures, you can't, you know. And I love that one when you said, this is Sarge's hell because (laughs) one of your little doggies and the Rottweiler pups are already way bigger than Sarge. So who's your main crew that you Okay, so the main crew um, (laughs) are I have three small dogs that are all 
rescues. Um, one is like a papillon mix, Chihuahua papillon. She's a silly, silly dog. And then I have Sarge, who was part of a sort of backyard breeding operation that got shut down in Los Angeles. They sort of, they changed the the law. So you can no longer buy puppy mill dogs or sell them in pet stores. And this woman took all these dogs she had, 160 something, shoved them all in crates, you know, stacked two or three dogs to a one dog crate, put them in a U-Haul and then abandoned the U-Haul outside of Las Vegas. I mean, the things people are capable of doing, just, I'm sorry. Anyway, so Sarge comes from that hall of Pomeranians, which are, you know, beautiful sort of can we say designer dogs, I guess? Yeah. I've never really had a dog like that. I've always had really kind of silly chihuahua mixes. So he's my fancy, but doesn't act fancy. That's why his name is Sergeant. And then I have Waffles, who the children named. And he is another Pomeranian that up here in Utah, there's a lot of people who surprisingly don't spay and neuter their animals or don't don't think to make that a priority, especially financially. And uh, this was a, a neighbor that's dog got pregnant, kind of, he was shocked. <laughs> My mother said, don't you know how this happens? And so our foundation offered to financially pay for the for the spay and neuter of his two dogs. And he gave me one as a thank you. And I couldn't resist. So I took waffles. He was so adorable. And then these Roddy puppies that just came up. And then I have three big dogs. Well, the Roddies are going to be big. And, but I'm supposedly quote unquote fostering them. So that's not, we'll go. And then the three big dogs uh, that are two shepherd mixes, brother and sister, and a boxer, Bubba, in there. Yeah. Every one of these dogs is rescues. And it's always, I always want to tell people too, like a lot of people want a specific breed and don't think you can rescue, but you can. I have three purebred dogs. They're all rescues. Yeah. Of course you can. If you, I remember when my first dog passed, I was devastated and I wanted a new one right away. And I want, Mm -hmm. I like border collie mixes. I just, I don't know what's in about. Oh, we got lots of border collie in Utah. Yeah. I went through shelters, all over shelters, the whole week, back and forth. I adopted Mr. Zeus, who unfortunately passed two years ago, August. Oh. But it took, you know, it takes time. But you can find like almost any kind of breed. Plus, there's breed specific shelters. Rescues. Well. Yep. There's there are. You're so absolutely many. right. It just may sometimes take a little longer. Yeah. But um, if you're patient and you, we can, oh, I, we say that to everybody we meet. My mother will meet some stranger on the street with a purebred. She'll go, next time you get a dog, let me know and I will find you this breed. <laughs> you know, I will find you and rescue. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. I know that also besides the dogs you foster and everything, you also have a foundation, the Jason Heigl Foundation, where you have rescued unbelievably large amount of dogs, over 8,000, and you funded over 25,000 spay and neuter dogs. That's incredible. Do you want to talk a little bit about the foundation? Yeah, the foundation, you know, and I really, I really have to give my mother credit for all of this. She, what I was raised compassionately, and I'm grateful for that. It's something my, my parents really fostered and encouraged by their own behavior. And then I want to say, when was it? Was it like 2000? When did we start the foundation? I don't, Jill would know. <laughs> I, I remember it. It feels like a, feels like a lifetime ago. 2009? 2008. Yes, 2008, I think. And it was my mother's impetus. It was her idea. And she had started to get really invested and become very aware of the overpopulation of companion animals in Los Angeles. And then we just 
weren't satisfied with simply donating money to all these other big foundations and stuff because you can't, you don't know exactly how they're going to use those funds. And no disrespect to any of these, they're all doing great work and they're all working hard, but they also have a lot of staffing and a lot of salaries to pay. So we decided we kind of wanted to approach it differently. We don't have a staff, it's Nancy and I. And we have, you know, one or two other part-time employees who help us with finding fosters and pulling the dogs from the shelters and stuff. And that way we can be certain the money is really going towards making a real dent in the problem itself. And so that's how it began. And I love looking at the numbers of dogs we've helped, of pets we've helped, but to me, it still feels like a drop in the bucket. Like there's just so much more work to be done. And it can be an incredibly discouraging passion because it's solvable. It really is a solvable problem. There are big problems in the world that are not so easily solved, but this one could be. And so that's the big battle and the big fight and the big frustration and the losing of hope at times. You just feel like no one's listening. Why isn't anyone listening? You know, this is, these are innocent animals. They're, we we domesticated them as as human beings. Like this is our responsibility. This country's better than this. What it's exactly. what we've allowed it to become. Uh, so we're hopeful that we're doing something that makes difference. But you know what? Every little bit helps. It's just sometimes it feels like you're moving toward a goal. It's like centimeters, but it's right. it's always getting better. You know. And as much as they can close down puppy mills, as much as they can stop, you know, Yes. okay, for people that, you know, want to go to breeders or whatever, show dogs, I don't, no offense against them. Myself, I don't get that. I just don't, but I understand there's people that like to do that. I've always liked mutts and I've always adopted rescues or with cats, they found me for dogs. I usually go find them. So, right. No, but there's so many out there to love, you know? Yes. So many and so many that this is sort of their, their divine purpose, if you will, to love and be loved. And so when you lose one or or thousands and millions in shelters who never get that opportunity to have any peace, any, any love in that way that destroys me. So we do put up the photos of the ones, you know, every year we have our, today was a win. We saved this dog, you know, to just keep our spirits up, (laughs) you know, to try to remember this is what we're doing it for that, you know, everyone makes a difference. Everyone matters. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about your ranch, Badlands Ranch. Yes. How did you come up with the name? A part of me thought, because, you know, I've, I've watched you in recently we streamed Suits. I know we're late to the game, but, you know, <laughs> you were such a badass, you know, and Fire you were kind of a badass too. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I wonder if it has to do with that, but I have a feeling, no, none of it, you know. So, I wish it was that clever. No, my mother's sister and I are huge Bruce Springsteen fans. So, when we bought the property and we had this big, big dream, you know, to have this, this basically farm slash ranch in Utah, we had all these horses and we were stabling them at other people's, you know, properties and stuff. And so this was just like this dream that we finally were able to make a reality. And we went with Badlands for this song, the Bruce Springsteen song. And, you know, I didn't totally think it through because it does kind of make it sound like a bad place, (laughs) but it's the culmination of years of dreaming. So it's actually a dream come true place. 
But there's that line in the Bruce Springsteen song, like when these badlands start treating us good. And that's kind of where it came from. Like these, not that these lands were ever bad, but they really started treating us good. And we got this, you know, wonderful dream come true place. I love it. What kind of animals do you have on your ranch? Oh my goodness. We have a bunch of horses. We have two, well now three rescue horses from the the wild horses. I was fighting really hard uh, last year for the Anaki up here in Utah. They're the, the wild horse herds that the BLM moved because of politics. So we ended up, they what they do with them is put them in holding pens like government facilities. And often they go to auction and sometimes they go to slaughterhouses for meat. So we ended up, everybody involved in the sort of protesting of this ended up adopting as many of these horses as they could. So thank God all of them ended up out of government holding pens, but they're wild horses. So they're not rideable or anything like that. They just live in the pastures. And one of our, the gal that we, her name is Strawberry, that we rescued and her son, Colin, and she was pregnant and she had a foal right at Easter that I named Ostra. So I'm so proud of that little horse. And then we have donkeys and we have miniature horses and we have goats and we have two pigs and we have chickens and we have a ton of cats and a ton of dogs. And that's it for now. <laughs> that sounds like heaven, you know? <laughs> that, it's like Disneyland. It's like a Disney movie. Yeah. You know? Better than, yeah. Okay. We're going to come right back um, after this break and we're going to talk about your newest venture. As if you didn't have enough going on, we're going to talk about their newest venture. We're going to be right back. <laughs> Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. We wear fur and we're damn proud of it. What? And our four legs and our tail and we go to the bathroom outside. Well, we may not be too proud of that. <laughs> Sniff around, then mark your spot right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Katherine Heigl, who does so much for the animals. So now you decided to create Badlands Premium Dog Food. And it blows my mind because you do all this animal advocacy and then you decide, well, I don't know what you'll tell me how you decided, but then 
you're coming out with the dog food and dog food itself, the pet industry is growing like crazy, which is a good thing. More and more people are adopting, not enough, but more and more people. But the dog food category itself is so competitive. So this is not a walk in the park kind of a thing to do. So what made you decide to create, and it's Badlands Premium Dog Food, and I know you have supplements and treats as well. So yes, what led to this idea? So, you know, honestly, again, I can't take credit for it. I was approached by a company that does this sort of teaming up with an expert or a celebrity, you know, who has a cause and creates a product around that. And so I, I was approached by them and they, I, at first I was like, dog food, really? I, there's so many foods on the market. Like, what could we do or what could I do that wouldn't just muddy the waters even further? You know, what would be of true value? And I loved the idea of it because I felt, you know, this could be a real means of continuing to support the foundation financially. So I I wanted to, you know, get involved with them, but I just wanted to be sure if we do this, it has to be something I can truly stand behind and that incorporates things I'm passionate about in terms of health, wellness, and animals. And at the time I had been um, also really studying, it was during the pandemic and I, you know, I had the first time since I was 16 that I had that kind of time off of work. So I took like an herbology course online <laughs> and was studying, um, you know, natural medicine or plant medicine. I've always been really interested in that, always been a really apply it to my own life. So I kind of randomly asked like, well, could we incorporate sort of a more holistic approach to the food? Because I think there's plenty of dog foods out there, but I don't know that there's any that have this angle. And I was starting to try to figure out how to research, how to do it on my own for my dogs. I think most people are relatively aware of supplements and plant medicine and taking, you know, a natural pill for depression or for anxiety or for bone health or for memory loss. So I thought, you know, can we do that for our animals? And thankfully they were interested in that idea and approached a, you know, started working. We all started working with a nutritionist, a pet and dog nutritionist to, to determine what in the natural plant world we could incorporate into the food. So that's the direction we went with it. And I'm really proud of that. And I'm really excited by it. And I'm such a believer in whole wellness, if you will, kind of approaching it from all angles, not just medically, not just holistically, but all together. And so the food is, yeah, what's that? I'm sorry. Plus also you have different cooking processes. Yes, that was then that, you know, we really looked into all of this and they said like, look, you know, cooking at high, high heat, which is typically how they make kibble can really not, I mean, it's just like our food. It can destroy the nutritional value of the food itself and even add in carcinogens with that high heat. So we just wanted to do everything conceivable to make it the healthiest option for your animals possible and humane, which is really important to me. I, you know, interestingly enough, I recently learned that many, many, many pet foods test the food on test animals. So animals that have been born and bred and live in laboratories. To me, that's, you know, it's a horrible thing to do to an animal, but all of those things, like knowing that that's not how we, our food is tested on our pets. (laughs) The food itself is the highest quality it can be. The beef, fish, the protein, the liver, all of those things that we put into the food are humanely raised and 
you know, we can like all of that really mattered to me. So really, I just created a food. I'm I want to feed my dogs. <laughs> okay, right. And you have superfoods. It's air dried. It's slow cooked. Very nutritious. Mm-hmm. Freeze dried. Gut health is considered. So yes, very holistic. At least from my point of view. You mentioned that you tested it on your fur babes. What was their reaction? Especially you have little ones, and I know it's a stereotype, but they are deemed to be picky. And I have a little one right now. <laughs> He's not that little. Well, he's Havanese and he's very picky. He flips his bowl over every time he eats. Yeah. Maybe it's a thing, right? With little dogs, they flip their bowls over. Even bowls are tested that they're not supposed to flip. He flips. (laughs) They all have such great personalities. Yeah, I have one of those. And it's a, I'm saving this for later situation, which I'm like, no, that's not how, no. But yeah, they reacted so great. I, I was so, relieved obviously but we would have kept working on it if we, we didn't have it there but they really loved it and we had this this incredible sort of example of the food really working for us because we had beagle puppies that we rescued from with partners down in los angeles brought them up to the ranch up here in utah and they all came down with parvo which if you're a pet owner you're probably aware of but it's a really deadly puppy disease and you know, my mother got them all into, you know, the emergency vet here in Utah. It, it's hard to get them through it. We lost one, but we were able to save six. So we were thrilled, but it's very hard to get them to start eating again. And parvo is a digestion disease, essentially. So you also have to be careful what you feed them when they start eating again, because their intestines are just destroyed. And we couldn't get them to eat. We couldn't get them to eat. And that's part of what they ultimately die from. And so I, we said, well, let's try the food. Let's try Badlands. And they would pick it out of the kibble we were giving them from the vet and they would only eat it and they loved it. And we finally got them eating. And I was like, okay, well, if that's not a true testament to the value of this food, I don't know what is. Plus, I've tried it and it's delicious. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've tested it on me. <laughs> it's hey, it's human grade, you know. So, mm-hmm. right? And That's what I said when I tried it. None of my family was at all amused, but I, I thought it was pretty tasty. It tastes like liver pate, in my opinion. <laughs> and you know, I was going to ask you what you would tell people if they were thinking about considering buying Badlands. But hey, if it saves your, you know, puppies from such a horrible disease like parvo and gets them, to, you know, start eating and all of that, there you go. I mean, yeah, it's worth it. You know, it's really worth it. And I think what's really wonderful about it is very rich and very protein heavy. So you don't have to feed like a full giant bowl of it to your pets. It says on the back how much you should feed per weight. But I do have three big dogs, like I said. So in order to feed them Badlands exclusively, I'd be going through a bag each a day. And that's just not practical. You know, this is a high-end food. So I use it as a supplement to their, to what I'm feeding, the bulk of what they eat, because it has all these health benefits and all these things that can that they can still get if I'm consistently mixing it in about half the portion I would normally put for their whole meal. And I want people to realize that that's a real possibility as well. It's It can still be of great benefit to your pet, even if you don't want to feed it to them exclusively or can't, or it's just not practical for you. And that's what I've been doing, but I would really encourage people to be mindful about the food. If they're not using Badlands exclusively, what are you using? And check those ingredients on the bag. And if you're 
you know, a rescuer or in the realm of, you know, an advocate for animals, check that they don't test it on test animals. And all of that is easily done. But yeah, I think in the last probably five years is when I started to really realize the difference a good diet for your dogs can make. What a giant difference it can make in their in their health and their attitude and their mood and behavior. Yes. And I think longevity of life as well. Yes. So I was, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, but read my mind. So it's perfectly okay to use it as toppers. What if you can't afford the dog food, but you thought, you know what, I can give them treats every so often because you have food, you have supplements and you have treats. Right. And I think that, yeah, the treats are again, really, really high quality and very, very tasty. I mean, again, my brood is obsessed and they're just, it's great to have something like that on hand for training purposes, with, especially with these puppies right now, just getting them to, they're starting to get too big for me to carry them. I let my dogs out, the smaller dogs on like a covered patio upstairs with the fake grass because we got hawks and eagles and wildlife up here that might eat them. Oh my so I can't, <laughs> I can't just let them out into the yard. So I bring them up to this covered patio these Roddies are getting too big for me to carry up the stairs, but they're still puppies. They don't follow me necessarily. And by the time I turn around, they've peed or they've pooped somewhere. So I use the treats to lure them up the stairs and it works like a charm every time. And I just, my big dogs, I feel I give them like a handful every day, just as a, I love you. And it just makes me feel so good because, you know, I want everybody to feel super loved. And this is a good way of doing that. But yeah, I think that every little bit counts in terms of your pet's health and wellness. You know, these things I hope and believe to be buildable in a way, you know, as you are consistently doing this or consistently giving them treats, consistently giving them the food, even if it's not a full bowl every day, you're going to start, you know, you may start seeing some real benefits. Okay. So I have to ask this because I do have cats and I know you're more of a dog person. Is there any chance that you might extend the line? I have more cats than dogs right now. And I grew up a dog person. So how this happened, they found me. They all found me. They just found me. Yeah, I got three now too. I moved and there was one that was hanging around, gave birth in front of my door. And then there's five. five. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We kept two. And I had to hire a cat trapper to actually cat catcher to to get her fixed. She was, she was a tough one. They have their setup. They have a heating pad, a a little house. They have it going on. But have you considered any more than dog food? Would you consider cat food down the line? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that we're at this point, we're super hyper-focused on the dog food and rolling it out and making it a success and, you know, really getting it going. But yeah, I mean, I have three cats and same issues, man. If you're not, you know, diet matters. And we know that as human beings and yeah, just kind of like, you don't think about it with your pets until you go, well, yeah, that actually seems kind of obvious. You know, I am same with my cats as I was with my dogs, trying to find that right food that is going to support this and that and the other, you know, with cats, it's, you know, you've got smelly poop issues. You've got, if I'm not cleaning up poop or vomit, like all day, every day, then, you know, that's, that's what I do all day, every day. So okay, I don't feel special that. anymore. That's, that's <laughs> my house too. And we have like, I think six litter boxes and yeah. not in a humongous place. They have more. I think they each have two litter boxes actually. 
I read that. I read that. that if, okay, so with three cats, I read that each one has to have their own plus an extra. And plus an extra. And I was For like, pasta. oh my God. <laughs> That's so many cat boxes to clean. Well, <laughs> then they each have their own little water fountain too. So it's, I don't know. I'm yeah, so- yours, are, yours are hooked up. Yeah, slowly my space is getting condensed here. So it's, oh, well, yeah. they're happy. Yeah. Please tell us where people can buy Badlands Ranch premium dog food and supplements and treats. Then also, I want people to know where they can find out more about what you're doing for the animals. I know you have social media. and We'll post all this information on the page that we have on Pet Life Radio for this episode. But Awesome. But if you can let people know a little bit more about while we're on the podcast, where they can buy Badlands Ranch premium dog food and then where they can find out more about you. Awesome. Well, you can go to badlandsranchpets.com and that's where you order the food. And we've tried to make that as easy and, you know, just as effortless as possible. I'm such an online shopper (laughs) that I feel a lot of my, that it was research. All my shopping online has been research in order to make sure that your online shopping experience with Badland Pets goes smoothly. So there's, you know, VIP access for things like discounts on bags and buying bulk so that you have enough and subscription so that it just comes regularly. You don't have to think about it. I'm really proud of the 90 day back guarantee too. And I, I love that, that we do that because I think that, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've definitely kind of bought into things before and not found it to work for me or suit my lifestyle. And then you feel like you've been bamboozled. What I love about this is that if you don't like it, or if it's not working for you, or if it's not practical for you, you can send it back even an empty bag in 90 days and get a full refund. So that's how sort of confident we are too, that people are going to love it. And so far, we've had a really great response. Yeah. And that speaks volumes about it too. Yeah. So it's really easy to kind of just set it up and make it a whatever, however regularly you need it kind of thing. And then as far as the foundation, we also have a website, the Jason Davis Heigl Foundation.com. And a lot of the information about what we do and where the funds go and the areas we really concentrate on is all on the website. And we do, and they are. JDHF is on Instagram too. Okay. And then... I have to ask you this because I loved it and I read the books and everything. You have a new season of um, Firefly Lane finally coming out. When is it it's supposed to be out? No, I think they're planning to announce it soon, but it's coming. And I think it's going to be really, I mean, I'm such a huge Kristen Hanna fan. And that was probably one of the most intriguing aspects of the show to me was just, well, one, getting to tell one of her books, make it into a, a television show. And to getting to like actually know Kristen Hanna, that was very exciting for me. She's so talented. Um, So I hope I get to work with her again on another one of her books. But this is one of those stories that I personally love. Just the, it's just very human. It just feels like a very human, relatable in a way story about love and loss and friendship. And I'm one of those people who just my all-time favorite movie is still Magnolia's you know, those stories really resonate with me. So I was just really grateful to get to be a part of this one. I can't wait. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for giving me the the platform and the opportunity to speak about it all. Very grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And this has been wonderful. And I'm going to keep spreading the word as much as I can. And thank you so much. And thank your mom for all that you guys do. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. 
Bye. And please be sure to check out BadlandsRanch.com to learn more about Badlands Ranch, everything they do, and to check out the delicious premium dog food that Catherine and um, her nutritionist has developed. I'd like to thank Nikki, who loved the food. That food he did not dump out of his bowl, so thank you, Nikki. And uh, thanks to the cat crew that just wished they could get in on his food, but he chomped it up too fast. Thanks uh, especially to my guest, Catherine Heigl, for coming on Best Bets for Pets. Um, It was wonderful having her on. And Catherine, again, thank you for all you do. She's like my, I guess, pet hero. She does so much for pets, uh, for animal welfare. It's amazing. And of course, a huge thank you for everyone that's listening to Best Bets for Pets. I so appreciate it. And thanks to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. Now, hey, keep listening. You never know what we're going to have next on Best Bets for Pets. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.